Hey guys, it's Pastor Rebecca, and I'm coming at you with another podcast. Hope you guys have had a great uh, week so far, and that you're having a great weekend. Uh, first, want to say praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for all of the listeners. Um, I love, love that we're getting new countries. We're getting, I think we, we had just had someone from Turkey listen, and I'm so excited. I'm so thankful for all of the countries that tune in and listen. I hope that you're growing in the Lord. I hope it encourages you and makes you think, and that's what we're here to do. You know, we're here for His glory, not our glory. So I'm here to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord, challenge you with some things, and even relate to you on some things, you know. Um, let's talk about some hardships. Let's talk about great things. Let's um, let's just explore God and who He is. So uh, keep, uh, sharing it with people and with friends and telling your friends and family about it, uh, and just help them to be encouraged. So let's jump in. So I don't even know what I'm going to entitle this podcast. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm in a, I'm not going to lie to you. I believe it's important to be real with people, uh, because you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a frustrating place today, um, myself. Um, but you know, Sometimes you just ask God why. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just like, why God? <laughs> like, why? You know, and, and things don't necessarily make sense to you at the time. Um, and God's really asking you to trust him and really asking you to have faith. And, uh, and that can be a hard place to be because especially if you are someone who, um, who follows Jesus, you know, it can be very hard if, if you're somebody who follows Jesus and your family doesn't. Uh, if you have a bunch of family members that are not saved, it can be very hard because you're going to be questioned a lot. You know, your moves are going to be questioned. Um, and even people of a different, you know, spiritual maturity levels and things like that, you know. I mean, there have been times in my life where I've asked other people, you know, why are you doing this? And then God will reveal to me later, oh, I'm, I see now, you know, why they were doing that. And it was something I misunderstood. So it can be hard at times when, you know, in different situations where people just won't understand. And a lot of times, if you're walking radically for the Lord, people are not going to understand what you're doing. People aren't going to understand. They're not going to understand things that don't make sense to them with their physical eyes, you know. Sometimes God will tell you to wait on something. And other people are like, why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? You don't need to wait, you know. And they'll, they'll try to push and push you with things. Uh, because in their mind... What makes sense to them is, well, you have to do this, this, and this, and, and A, B, C, and D, you know. People don't understand you stepping from a job where you make a lot of money down to a job where you make barely anything, but you are following the Lord because the Lord's directing you to where you're, you're gifted in, you're passionate about what he's created you to do. People don't understand that because in the world today, it's all about money. A lot of things are about money. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show Shark Tank before. Um, I find it interesting. Um, every once in a while I'll go back and I'll, I'll get into some episodes of Shark Tank and things and, and hear how they talk. But, uh, it, it really is, you know, a lot of things today in the world are about money. And unfortunately that's something that has gotten into the church today. Uh, that's something, there are some pastors out there that are only about money. There are some church members out there that want to use their money to control churches. Um, and, and it's everywhere, you know, and if we're not careful, um, you know, because God says in, in the word, he says that you can't uh, serve both God and money. You know, you can't, um, you'll either uh, love one and hate the other, you know, and, uh, and, and God's not going to compete with money. And I think that's interesting. And it, it, it doesn't say, people often misquote the Bible. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. 
It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So you have to be very careful. Um, and, and my fiance and I have talked about a lot of, of things regarding this, you know. Um, money itself is not a bad thing. In fact, God actually places people with money in certain positions, I believe, to sow into the kingdom, to to, to bless others, you know, to steward their money Um whether it's to pour into churches or pour into organizations or or to or to help feed people or to help bring clean water to places. You know, I believe that God strategically will place people in positions of power um, to use their money and steward it for the kingdom of God. The problem is oftentimes that's not what happens. Uh, and, you know, there's such a big debate about this, um, about whether, about... The use of money and the in the stewardship of money. You know, my, my fiance is very is very business minded. He's very business business driven, but he has a heart for the Lord, and he he really has a giving heart. And that's one thing I can say about Jonathan, and is he has always said, "I want to have a lot of money to give away." You know, uh, and there's been this big debate because some people are like, "Well, ministers should be poor; they shouldn't have anything." You know. Or, well, you know, oh, no, you know, ministers, look at Solomon, you know. Solomon, look at the wealth that he had. You know, that was given to him by God. So it's it's not it's not bad for ministers and stuff to make money. And there's this huge debate that goes back and forth and, and a lot of criticism thrown around. Here's what I say, and I've told my fiancé this, you know, because my fiancé prays for money. He prays that one day we will be wealthy because I told him, I said, I just want to give. I said, I want to give it out. I don't want to be somebody that makes a lot of money and sits on it because we're going to be accountable to that. We have to steward that. Whatever is given to you, um, is you by God, is for you to steward. And um, he asked me, he's like, would you buy a $200,000 car? No, I wouldn't. Why? I don't need, you're buying, what you're buying is the, the brand, you know, you're not necessarily buying, you're, you're, you know, you're not necessarily buying anything that's, I mean, yeah, it can make, it can probably, you can probably go faster and there's some other like unique gadgets and stuff, but I wouldn't do that. You know, if I had a lot of money, I'd buy a car that was nice that could get me to where I'm going, but I wouldn't, you know, buy all these high priced, high fashion things because I think, what can I do with, with money? If I bought a car that was $50,000 and then I had all of that money left over that I could pour into an organization or I could pour into, into you know, into something else. Um, he asked me about a home. He's like, well, what do you think about a home? You know, it. I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. It drives me crazy when I see uh, billionaires that have like a, you know, 13 room mansion when it's just him and his wife that are living there, you know, or whether it's just them and they have one child, you know, because I think about a space like that and I'm like, what can that be used for? I don't, my, I don't think there's anything wrong with a millionaire buying a house like that if it's being used, you know, for an orphanage or if it's being used to house people or if you do something like, hey, we're going to offer, um, let's do a, a bed and breakfast idea that's, that's just really, really reduced in cost so that people that, that can't afford that can afford it or, or let's use our house for this. You know, I, I'm a big... I'm a big person in, 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 you know, what can you do? How can you steward, you know, your money? And, uh, and so there's a big, there's this big argument about going back and forth about, you know, whether money is a good thing, whether, you know, because the thing is one thing that John Ramirez says, as he says, talking about witchcraft, as he says in witchcraft, it's all about the money. 
everything is money, 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 how much money you can get. People get scammed all the time, um, you know, witches and, and warlocks and stuff. And I mean, he even talked about uh, people would come to him wanting him to do spells on people. And I mean, he would charge $10,000, you know, for, for to do a spell, you know, on a person and to kill a person and things like that, you know, because he says it's all about the money. And he said, and that translates in the world today because he says, you know, if you see a church, that's, that's all they care about is money. And they're all about the money. He's like, well, then there's witchcraft there, you know. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on the money subject. I, I don't even know uh, how we got there. That that was a tangent that turned into something something else. But, but you know, I'm going to circle that back around to say, you know, a lot of times because the world is so money driven today, if you're not making moves to become richer or own more, people are going to look at you like you're stupid. And I think it's because we've been brainwashed by society to think that the happier person is the one that has the more money, is the one that has the more things. But that turns into that turns into idols. It turns into goals that are not necessarily God's goals for your life. You know, God may be calling you. Um, you know, God may be calling you to. Um, you know, to go live in a hut in, in, you know, South America, you know, uh, preaching to people. It's not a wealthy thing, but you're doing God's work. You're doing what he's called you to do. Or he may call, he may call you to, to be a teacher, um, and not necessarily a school teacher, but you know, it could be a, a home group teacher in a, in a, in um, a homeschool co-op or something like that. That doesn't pull, pull in piles of money, you know, or anything like that. And in fact, they may be volunteer. I don't know. But you're doing what God's called you to do. And a lot of times whenever you, whenever people make strategic moves, you know, people are not going to under, the people around you are not going to understand it. People that don't have the mind of God, that they don't have the spirit of God are not going to understand it. Because the truth of the matter is, and this is going to kind of make some people mad, but the truth is a lot of people have replaced God with a job. They said, well, uh, you know, my job provides for me. My job gives me this. My job gives me that. So it's, it, everything centers around the job, you know, and people say, well, well, you got to have a job, this, you got to have a job that makes this. And when you go to college, you better major in something that's going to make you money, 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 money. Everything's driven and centered around that. And it can be very frustrating for God's people who, you know, who God's not telling. I mean, here's the thing, God, there are, I do believe that there are people that God's like, be a doctor, you know, be a chemist, be this, you know, and, and they reach people all over the world. Um, and, and, and what they're doing, I mean, I, I don't believe that everybody is called to be a missionary in a hut, you know, somewhere or, or, um, or a preacher that I'm not saying that I'm saying, I believe that God puts people all over the map on, on, on in, different income scales and things like that. But I, I say, because we are driven by a world that is, they say that money makes the world go round. For somebody who is trying to follow the will of God, it's it's frustrating because you have people all the time, well, why haven't you done this? Well, why aren't you doing this? Well, why aren't you that? And why aren't you this? And when you look at them and say, well, God hasn't told me to do that or God has told me to do this, they almost scowl at you like, oh, you're just being lazy. You know, you're just being lazy. You just don't want to do this or you just don't want to do that or whatever, you know. And there are times where, you know, and I told my fiance this, you know, uh, when I stepped down to, uh, the rejuvenate the church that I used to go to, when I left my job that was paying a lot to step down there and pretty much work for nothing, you know, I had to work, 
uh, part-time at Books A Million as a barista while I was doing ministry at the church. I had to do both of those, you know. It was something that I had to do at the time. Did I want to do it? No. Uh, but it's something I had to do in order to pursue uh, the development of a ministry, learning a ministry call, learning about ministry and how to do ministry and, and things of that nature. And so there is a thing sometimes where you're like, sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to get to a place where you where you are doing what God's called you to do, or sometimes God, so I'm not one of these that's saying, hey, you know, sit on your butt, do nothing, you know, but there are going to be times where, you know, what if, what if God has told someone, you know, someone has left their job, and what if God tells them, I want you to wait for a season, you know, I want you to wait and just hear my voice and listen to me, there are people that are going to look at them and think they're crazy, you're crazy, what do you mean wait? Well, that's being lazy. Well, I don't understand. Well, well, but you you need a job while you wait. You this or that or whatever. And some people are going to be like, you know, I, the person is going to be like, but that's not what God told me to do, you know? And so I, I guess I want to encourage people out there that you're listening to the Holy Spirit. You're trying to, to, to understand and, and know what God has told you to do. You're listening to his voice. And it's going, you're going to have to be committed and say, whose voice am I going to be committed to? The world's, my family's, my friends, or to God's voice? Because if God tells me in this, in this moment in time that I need to wait, that I don't need to do anything, um, you know, what, if God's telling me this during this time period, uh, you know, am I going to listen to God or am I going to listen to people? You know, there's a verse in the Bible where Paul says, do I now please, do I live to please men or do I live to please God? And that's a place that you're going to have to be in. And sometimes it can be a lonely place because sometimes it could literally be every voice around you that is telling you and criticizing you. Well, why aren't you doing this? Well, why aren't you doing that? I'll be real with you. So last month, um, you know, I, about, about a week or two after I had, I left the job that I was at, I resigned um, my position there. Uh, so I started looking for jobs and looking for jobs and I found a job and it didn't make very much, but I'm like, but at least there's something coming in. Um, I was accepted and, uh, but something didn't feel right about it, but I tried to push it away because I'm like, well, I've got to have money. I've got to have it, you know? Um, and it was really a discredit to God because it was almost like, it was almost like I was telling God, you can't provide for me. I've got to have this, you know? So, um, and my fiance was doing the same thing, and we went to a New Year's Eve service um, at the living room. Great, wonderful service, um, you know, and God told me very clearly, he's like, stop. He said, stop looking for jobs, just stop. You need to wait on me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to take time to listen to my voice and to follow me, to know, you know, what I want you to do. And so I had to call the job and tell them and say, hey, I appreciate the offer, but I, I can't, you know, and, and, and I mean, and I'm, I'm so thankful for my fiance because he's like, well, listen, if that's what God's telling us to do, we have to do that. And let me tell you how unpopular that is with people today, because people are like, no, no, God's not going to tell you to not have a job. He's not going to tell you to do that. He's not going to tell you to wait. He's not going to tell you. And that's bull crap. I'll just tell you what it is. That is bull crap. God says all kinds of things, you know, and we, you know, that's one thing me and my fiance do is we've been praying for direction and, um, and there are things that we, things that we are working on, you know, in, in a season and my, my fiance, my fiance is working. He does have a job. 
Um, you know, he has a, a, a part-time job that he does, which may turn into full-time. Um, but he is, you know, God is using that to help provide right now. And my, I'm, my fiance has a gift for business. He knows how to, he knows how to make money and, and, and can sell things. And I'm, I'm thankful for him, you know, um, but it can get frustrating because, you know, when God tells you to wait, it's hard to be patient. It's hard because you have voices around you that are like, well, why? Why are you sitting? Well, you can't do that. Well, God wouldn't tell you that. Well, why would God tell you to wait? Well, God won't do that. Da, 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 da. Just all of this, these things, you know, and it, it's almost like, like David, when he goes to uh, slay Goliath, he has people around him like, you can't do that. You can't you can't do that. Why would you do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it didn't, it did not make sense for David to go face a giant when here is the army of Saul that are shaking in their boots. They all have armor on. They all have, and I mean, they're just terrified. But here's David, a boy who doesn't have any armor on, who's like, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? What, is somebody going to go, who's, what, is anybody going to go take him out? I'll fight him. And they're looking at him like he's crazy, like you're a shepherd boy. And you're going against a giant. And they kept looking at him saying, it doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense. Da, 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 da. But then he slays the giant. Or it's like Gideon. Gideon was so underestimated by other people. I mean, he, he, he even said when the angel came to him and he said, greetings, mighty warrior. And I've talked about Gideon before in my podcast just because I think he's a great character in the Bible. But people have looked at him and and. And, um, you know, in the past, and you can tell, you can tell that he, things have been projected onto him because he, he told God, you know, when, when the angel of the Lord came and said, greetings, mighty warrior, you know, God's with you. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm the least of my family and my father's the least of his family. He's like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, did you pick the wrong person or did you, you know, do you have the wrong address? But yet that is who God chose to lead an army against, I believe it was the Midianites. I hope, I always forget the name of the group that they were fighting. Um, but yeah, and, and, and gives them victory, you know, um, there's so much in the Bible about underestimation, uh, which I'm going to do something with, uh, coming up because the Lord's laid something on my heart to do something with that. But just people have been underestimated. People were underestimated in the Bible. We're told you can't do this. You can't this. You're not hearing from God. You're not this. You're not that. You're crazy. When Job was going through his mess, he had all of his friends, you know, telling him that he did something wrong. His wife was like, his wife was like, curse God and die. Um, and and so I want to encourage the person out there. I guess I'm, I'm saying all of this because I'm, I want to encourage the person out there who is in this situation, who is in a situation of uh, God's told me to wait or God's telling me to do things that other people don't agree with. Uh, again, you have to decide who are you going to be committed to? Are you going to be committed to the voice of God? Or are you going to be committed to the voice of other people? Where's your commitment at? Who are you committed to? Um, <coughs> so that's the first thing. Um, second of all, know that it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. Um, it, it's going to be hard and it's going to be downright frustrating. There are times I want to scream because of the voices of people. And really it's the voices of spirits. Um, that's another thing. And I've said this a million times before and I'm going to say it a million times after this because it's something that I struggle with personally. Uh, but it's something that's very important. We have to remember that uh, to separate the spirit and the person. Um, there are spirits of 
their spirits of spiritual blindness of immaturity of uh, Jezebel spirits they are discouraging spirits that are negative bitter spirits um, that that will try to come through and try to discourage you and try to discourage you in your walk with the Lord and will try to tell you that you're crazy and will try to tell you you didn't hear God God didn't say that to you you didn't hear God I mean think let's think about Eve all right that's ex- oh man thank you Jesus that's exactly what Eve Eve heard. Because God had given her a clear command. And here comes the serpent in the garden going, did God really say that to you? He didn't say that to you. You won't surely die. I mean, here comes a voice. Here comes a spirit in a serpent in the garden that tells her, you didn't, God, you did not hear God say what he told you. How many times are things robbed from us because people have come in, spirits through other people have swooped in and, and said, God didn't tell you that. You know, God didn't tell you to do that. God didn't tell you this. God didn't tell you that. And so it's going to hurt, guys. It's going to hurt. And sometimes you're going to be frustrated. But whenever you listen to the voice of the Lord, it's going to, it's it's always a positive thing. It's going to direct you on the path to purpose and onto, and, and to his spirit and to, uh, and just to where he wants you, what he has for you. God has a desire for you to fulfill your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, ask him. That He is, God, a relationship with God is where we get everything from. It's where we get our identity from. He's our source. We were created in his image. And we were always created to have an intimate relationship with him. And uh, sin was, was an attempt to divide that, to bring division there. And so everything flows from a relationship with God. And your identity is one of those. Ask God what your purpose is. Think about the things in your life that you're passionate about, that you really have a passion for. Um, you know, and, and ask God. Ask God to awaken those things in you, to show you those things. Um, but listening to the voice of God will lead you to the voice of the Spirit, will lead you to purpose. And here's the thing. Uh, it's going to be a road less traveled in a sense. Because, you know, when you when you are led by the Spirit, it's not going to look necessarily like everybody's life all the time, you know. I mean, there have been times where people have said, hey, God told me to sell my house and do this and, and go and and go do this, you know. And God doesn't always tell everybody that, but sometimes he does. And they'll say, people thought I was nuts and thought I was crazy, but I followed the will of God and this is what happened. And, you know, God will ask you to do some radical things, you know. Um, God looked at Moses, who was a shepherd and, and, and out in the, you know, in... Um, in uh, Midian, and he's like, I want you to go back and face Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he's like, say what? <laughs> he's like, you want me to go back and do what, you know? Um, and I mean, it was it, it was hard for even Moses to believe, you know, and, and Moses doubted himself and, 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 and struggled with insecurity, but that's who God, it's who God chose, you know? Um, so, I mean, there are going to be things that God calls us to that we don't understand. I also think about Mary, you know, the mother of Jesus, she was a teenager when, when God was like, I've chosen you um, to carry Jesus. And that's a hard thing because think about it. You know, I'm sure Mary in her mind is thinking about things and the enemy's trying to bring things up because she had a fiance. They weren't married yet. Um, and if she was going to be pregnant, you know, what would he think? Surely he would leave her, you know? Um, what and, and I'm sure she was talked about because, you know, uh, premarital sex is a sin, um, you know, whether you want to admit it or believe it or not, it is. Uh, 
but back then in in that time period it was a it was especially a big deal so think about her and and the stigmas that were were set on her things about her um things about Jesus you know as as he was coming up but she obeyed and she said yes and she said you know what i know i'm young and i don't know what this is going to look like but i trust you because god if you say that this is this is what's going to be done it's going to be done and i'm going to do it and so you look at characters in the Bible that said yes to God when everyone else around them was like, you are crazy. Noah, perfect example. It doesn't say anything, you know, in the Bible about uh, people doubting Noah or talking to Noah or whatever. But, you know, you have to think about the time period because Noah is a righteous man living in an evil time. I mean, God was so, for God to be so angry that he's like, I'm grieved in my heart that I ever made y'all and here, here comes a flood to destroy you guys. That's pretty intense. And you can't tell me that as Moses, excuse me, as Noah is building this ark that God commanded him to build. Like God said, hey, build an ark because rain's coming. And Noah's like, and, it, and I don't think rain had fallen yet, you know, at that time. I mean, Noah believed God with a radical faith. And, uh, and so, you know, there had to be people that were asking some questions. They're like, okay, so you're building a boat. Um, because water's going to fall from the sky, and you're supposed to put animals and stuff in it. You're crazy, you know. Talking, I mean, I'm sure there were times where people just antagonized Noah, because it's like, what are you doing? I mean, what a godless generation. And, and you know, if anybody knows anything about godless people, a lot of them, there's a lot of mockers and mocking spirits in there. Anyway, side note. Um, but once it started to rain, the water started to fall, and God shut them in the ark. Boy, you better know those people had a change of perspective. And and I wonder, I mean, I wonder if there were people that actually went and banged on the ark, like, you know, wanting, like begging to be let in because, man, you know, why, why didn't I listen, you know? Why didn't I listen to God? Why didn't I see what Noah was doing and what he was about? But that's the whole point is there are people that are, are going to be spiritually blind to what God's doing in your life, and they don't know. And the only thing they're going to operate off of is information that they do know. So if they've been raised that, okay, I've been raised that the American dream, by the way, which is the biggest piece of crap ever put out there, that's such a huge, deceitful mess. Do not believe in the American dream. I know some people are like, oh, that's unpatriotic. People have, people have idolized and made the American dream an idol, and they have sacrificed their purposes on the altar of the American dream. They've sacrificed their God-given purposes because someone told them that you can't, that you are nothing unless you have two cars and a two-story house and this amount of money and this and that and this and this job title and this and this. And people have ta- have, have left and, and, and forsaken things that God has called them to do because they feel the need to have this this life that has been depicted as as every American's dream, this perfect life. When in reality, that's where does God say that? You know, where does God say that? I mean, you think about the apostles. The apostles traveled from town to town. Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. He traveled around. He stayed where people opened their doors to him. You know, but I mean, you know, so we we sacrifice these things for things like like the American dream and. And we've, we, we've been so lied to by society. I mean, the more we turn our TV off, the better we are because it feeds us nothing but lies and garbage. 
you don't have to have two cars. You don't have to have $90,000 a year. You don't have to have a huge house. You don't have to have these things. These are, you are, you know what defines you as a success? You being everything that God built and created you to be. That is a success. That is a success is you having an intimate relationship with your creator and then you being everything that you were created to be. You know, that is, that is success. That is success. There are some people that have, that are called to be artists and musicians and they've sacrificed that because someone told them, well, you got to go to college and you got to go to school and you better, you better major in something that makes money. And so they have, they, they just had forsaken their dreams and who they were built to be because they've been told and fed their whole life. If you don't have money, you're nothing. You know, and we, I mean, left and right, people are sacrificing their purpose on this chase and pursuit for money and dream and this dream and this perfect life when it's not a reality. It's a deception from the enemy to keep you from being who you're meant to be. Like I said before, there are some people I believe that are meant to be business heads of businesses and and that own lots of money because I believe that God is giving them money to steward in the earth to sow um, into the kingdom of God and to to do what God tells us to do to feed the hungry and and heal the sick. I believe there are healers that that are doctors today. You know, I, I believe I'm not saying that everybody's supposed to live poor they're not supposed to have anything um that's not what i'm saying at all but what i'm saying is is you know when when it becomes about money um when it becomes about you know the success of what everybody around you has said when you start obeying the voices of people around you more than you obey the voice of god it's going to land you in a place that you don't want to be and it's going to land you out of order there is such a thing as godly counsel there is but there is no counsel that is above the voice of the Almighty God. And for those that, you know, that are struggling because you're being called to do something, you're called to be something, and God's calling you higher, but the people around you don't want to, don't, they're trying to pull you back down. This is another thing, too, that I will tell you. Sometimes you're going to have to cut people out of your life. If you're going to be who God's created you to be, not everybody's going to go with you. In fact, very few will. And so there may be people you got to cut out of your life, and that may be family members. And I know that's hard, but it so be it, you know. If your family doesn't understand, and they are trying to pull you down, and they're trying to keep you from being everything that God's called you to be, sometimes you've just got to say, I love y'all, but I've got to go. I've got to do what I've got to do, you know. Um, and sometimes it's your parents, kids sometimes you know God's shown you hey this is what I want you to do and your parents are like well no you got to do this this and this that's a hard situation because they're your authority um but you at some point you've got to make a decision I'm going to be who God is telling me to be even if my parents are ugly to me even if my parents throw me out of the house because the Bible says if my mother and father forsake me God will take me in so it's hard decisions you may have to say goodbye to people, cut some people out. You may have to be like, they can't go with me on my journey to where I'm going. Um, but I want you to know that you're not alone, and I want you to know that following the voice of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit is always will always be more beneficial to you and will bring you more success than the voices of anyone around you. Um, I'm already at 31 minutes, so let me pray real quickly for you guys. And um, 
and uh, then I'll let you guys go. Lord, I thank you so much, God, for everyone that's listening to the podcast. I thank you for everyone, God, that, that is on this. Lord, I pray for those right now, God, that you're awakening them to who you have built them to be. First off, they are built to have a relationship with you. They are built to be children of God that um, that are loved by a God who is awesome and all-powerful and loving, and, and they are called um, to, to obey you, God, um, and your love motivates us, God, to, to walk in truth and to be who you've called us to be, Lord. I pray for those. They need a push. They need a shove. They need encouragement. God, I send it their way in Jesus' name. I send a spirit of encouragement, a spirit of empowerment, God, um, a spirit uh, that uh, your Holy Spirit, God, that says, that, that rises up within them that says, I will guide you and direct you. Just listen to me. Follow me step by step. I will put you in touch with people that will help you. I will help you along the way. I speak encouragement to those people. I silence the voices around them that are trying to lead them astray and lead them in directions that they're not supposed to go. Um, I silence those voices by the blood of Jesus and in Jesus' name and pray that your voice would be like a waterfall in their life, God. A waterfall that when you stand next to a waterfall, it's so loud you can't hear anything else. And I pray that your voice would drown out every other voice in their life. Lord, I pray blessing upon them, God. I pray blessing upon their purpose. Lord, I pray blessing um, on everything that they do and uh, that, that everything that they do and everything they be will bring you glory and will be for the advancement of the kingdom of God. I love you, and um, we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Have a great day. I'll see you next time with another uh, podcast episode. And, yeah, uh, be blessed, guys.